<laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. I'm Tyler Morrison. I'm here with John Moses. We What's have up, boys? a banger of an episode today, but it's great yeah. to be back in the saddle. Uh, it just feels so good to be doing the podcast again and bring you guys some new episodes. Yeah, I know, I know the last episode, <laughs> people were jacked about the last episode uh, with Sandman Steve Dunn. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's, you know, he's done it all. A lot of street yeah. fights, bar brawls, yeah. and then a career in MMA at 44. Insane. I feel so, like uh, like that's a good Boston story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's such like a, he's such a Boston, even though he's from Brockton, but just like a, a Massachusetts Type yeah, of, you know, like it's almost like a prelude to the fighter. You know what I mean? Like it's just in that vein, you know? Oh, totally, totally. We've had some really good Massachusetts uh, tough guys that's on true. the podcast. You know, that's just been that's a great, true. great little Tyler, area. Doug the Thug, Sandman, and we got to get Dicky Jimmy Dime time. Jimmy Prime, yeah, Jimmy Dimes the Dime. Yeah, and uh, we got to get Dicky Eklund, baby. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. And so, like, it's yeah, it's just cool to be back in the saddle, and uh, you know everyone's on edge like we were saying the last time it's just people this is it just feels right like you almost you almost had a, a little run in the other night didn't you you know what actually <laughs> I, I will say this i actually my uh my spidey senses were tingling and i ducked out i go all right see you later boys <laughs> i, I rear-ended i got in a car accident saturday what happened was i was going to foxwood to do a show they canceled the show when i was an hour away they're like well you can still come and I was like, all right, I'll just go pick up the check. So I did that. And then I'm driving home. My buddy had another show. So I was like, let me go stop in over there and mm-hmm. see these guys. It's been, you know, years since I've seen some of them now. Yeah. So I popped in, said hi. It was cool. And then I was leaving. And as I left, all of a sudden, it was like the island from Pinocchio. What's that <laughs> island in Pinocchio? Like everybody on the island. All the donkey boys were driving cars. It was like <laughs> 60, it was, there was a hundred cars occupied with like 16 to 22 year old Arab, like, but like white Arabs. I don't know what type of like <laughs> Persians, maybe. I don't know. But they were whipping around, dude, just bombing by guys in like 1998 Honda Accords racing. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. There was an abandoned car on this five lane road facing the wrong way and i was looking at that car like what and the guy ahead of me stopped short and the guy behind me smashed me i got out the guy ahead of me was like uh no damage i don't know if he didn't have his like license or what but the guy Mm -hmm. behind me's car was destroyed oh fuck but once i realized that these two guys knew each other and there's like probably five of them and then another car pulled over and they were like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? I said, hey, boys, mm. let me give you a push here. I gave him a little push, got right back in the car and drove. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pulled over and I was like, I better call the cops before. Uh, yeah. But you just. Day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't believe you seen, dude. You know, you don't want a bunch of drunk young guys get, you know, ganging up on you. Dude, there was that was it. And and those guys were cool guys. Like the, the guys I got in the accident with. But the guys who just got there. On the perimeter, just, they don't know. Chipping in a little bit, nothing crazy, but I was like, ah. And then they pushed the car around the corner into a laneway, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah. see you, boys. Yeah, you don't want to get Jackie Chan rumble in the Bronx in an alley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would it would make for a great episode, but we got such good guests. <laughs> you know? Let I don't do need to do this anymore. You know. Yeah. But uh, oh man. Um, let's get into this week's guest. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, before we get into this week's guest, we got some cool stuff. Uh, you want to make sure you go over to patreon.com slash fight stories and subscribe to that. There's different tiers. You'll get different bonus perks. You get the episodes before anyone else gets them. Uh, only patrons can, can get those before. And then bonus episodes. We're going to have all kinds of different uh, things. You know, and we got some surprise uh, merch and things like that that we're going to be popping up. We have a new sponsor this season. Uh, you can tell them about that, John. Yeah, so sponsor this season is Uncle Ronnie's Tea Bag. Uh, we sell all of our merch, you know, T-shirts. Oh, I should have brought the coffee cup. I got a food stories coffee cup. Uh, but we're selling all our merch through that site. So, you know, you go through them to buy our stuff. You're helping us out. And we obviously, we appreciate it. But they've also got some great stuff that isn't ours. So check out Uncle Ronnie's Tea Bag. And uh, yeah. That's, That's it. right. We got we got T-shirts with uh, with the old the old logos still. You know, you can still get T-shirts with the old logo, and th- these are our new logos. So we're gonna have right. shirts with that, and then there's a whole and bunch of other. We've got some other specialty signature shirts from this season with guests that we are um, about to release. We can't get into the specifics just yet. We are this close to being able to make that uh, announcement, but right now we got to uh, we got to. Mums are where we got to bite our lip on it, but yeah, you guys um, are going to be great. They're going to be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to they're going to be real cool. We're excited to to release those. So all of that stuff is going to be on Uncle Ronnie's tea bag. Yeah, and then and then this uh, this episode, man, we've been excited about this one for a while. We recorded it a, a little while ago, um, so we've had this in the chamber, knowing that it's you know kind of a uh, a perfect episode for the podcast for our listeners. Uh, we ended up doing two hours and like ten minutes with. Uh, with Trevor Gillies, former New York Islander enforcer, you know, this guy slugged it out a long time in the AHL and the minors, you know, building his way up. And when he finally got that crack, he really, you know, he made the most of it. And, uh, and he's, this is, this is an unfiltered candid interview with a former enforcer from the NHL. He's yeah. not holding back. He doesn't really have the ties to the game where he's, you know, he's not on a payroll. Right. Where some, right know, right where somebody's protecting a job. He's doing his own thing. Does zero fucks to give. That's right. He gives it, he gives us the good, you know, the straight goods, super respectful guy, super funny guy. I think you're really going to like it. I think the people, you know, he was a controversial player, you know, with the rivalry between mm. uh, the Penguins and, and the Islanders and obviously New York and, and uh, the Islanders, they, you know, that's a, the fans hate each other, but I think after you guys listen to this episode, you know, any preconceived notions that you might've had of, of Trevor Gillies, I think you'll get a new appreciation for, for this guy. Cause we really, really enjoyed having him super fun, dude. And also, uh, I want to thank Todd screwy St. Louis for, uh, oh yeah, for making the call. You mm-hmm. know, he's got an episode that's going to be coming, coming down the pike in a couple of episodes that's that right. one was that one was real funny to me it was a really great episode oh, but of course i want to thank we want to thank todd for reaching out and making it happen i mean this is we've said it before you know we get a guest and then a guest says you got to talk to this guy and then it happens so um it just so happened that <laughs> todd, i don't think todd really knew trevor that great he just like texted him as like buddy you got to do this podcast yeah yeah but that's amazing yeah. that's that, that's what this whole podcast has been is just right one guest unlocks another guest for us and right and that's right, been right. the quest and uh you guys, and seen, and you guys have seen cool. it happen so yeah so anyway let's we're not going to take up too much time yeah. here let's get right into it ladies and gentlemen trevor gillies
Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. I'm Tyler Morrison. I'm here with my co-host John Moses and our guest Trevor Gillies. This is another one of our uh, great hockey enforcers that we've uh, been able to get on the get on the uh, on the podcast. I mean, it just uh, it's it's amazing how many people have like reached out to us and that we've had uh, guests on the past, and they're like, "Oh, you got to get this guy on." And one guest unlocks another. We just had Todd St. Louis on. And he messaged me afterwards. He's like, you got to get Trevor Gillies on. Let me put you in touch. And then it was just, you know, within a couple of weeks, like it happened. Yeah. So we want, thanks so much to, uh, to Todd for hooking this up and Trevor, thanks Trevor, for you getting on. Yeah. Being part of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm honored boys. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like when in the, in the summer by the pool, when it's just me, I'll smash it, smash a few of your episodes and crush some beers and <laughs> go for a little swim. I've listened to most of them. So I know it's an oh, honor to be nice. on here. I'm a huge fan of the, Pugilistic art, just like you boys. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it's oh, great. Cool. Uh, it's you know what? It's such a. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it long ago when there was so many fighters dropping the mitts in the NHL, and it just got phased out so quick. The, the drop off happened so fast. So it's it's there's definitely that appetite out there with the fans to still, you know, celebrate what hockey used to be and and the guys that that did your job especially these people they you know they just don't have anyone that's bringing it to them and we're happy to be part of that kind of little conglomerate of podcasts that are are doing that you know oh, i mean absolutely i wasn't confused you know when you're playing triple a uh back home I, I grew up in cambridge ontario you know you're playing triple a you know wasn't one of the one of the most skilled guys obviously on the team but was one of the better players and we had a bunch of skilled forwards. I was a defenseman back in the day. Like my favorite player was Scott Stevens. His jersey signed right over here. And he's a Kitchener couple, guy, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple, couple other beauties on the walls: Joe Kosher, Mick Pakoda, uh, nice. Mick Sorley. I got Probert's all jersey autographed. Uh, oh, I'm a big fan of the boys. He's the That's best brothers and all those guys. So, you know, when I moved away at 15, you know, crushing guys in Tier Two Junior A, I played with the Calgary Canadians. Got blessed to play on the best team in Canada. And we won the we won the whole thing. Dana Zubris was on a team. There's a ton of guys that go full scholarship, and a bunch of us go high in the OHL. And oh yeah, Calden um, Canadians. That's I used to live in Nobleton, so I lived right yeah in Bolton. So I know in that, Nobleton. Yeah. That's where uh, Nick Boynton's from. That's right. I'm good friends with Nick Boynton. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's a family friend. My cousin and him were best friends growing up. And uh, another guy that you scrapped a few times in the OHL, uh, Jack Hardill. Yeah, Hardell? he's a tough dude. Yeah, Jack Hardill's a tough dude. Play for yeah, the so, team. So him and uh, Nick Boynton and my cousin Brian Taylor were all best buddies growing up. And, like, oh, I used to great. commute to college with Hardell every day for a year. So That's great. Used to yeah. each other's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have as good a drying equipment back in the day, you know. And the, oh, so it's, like, not like now. They got all this special shit. But, um, yeah. oh, man, I wasn't confused. Like, when, you know, you start running 20-year-old skill players, mm -hmm. 15, you know, all of a sudden their heavyweight comes and grabs you and, fucking tears your helmet off and just start you know i'm a lefty so like they didn't know i was left-handed so i just you know you're fighting more out of fear and yeah. um you know and adrenaline and i wish you know you, we could bottle adrenaline and sell it you know me we would all be on an island somewhere it's the fucking best drug on earth right um you know so you're just chucking bombs down the pipe you know trying to land one you know i'm aiming for his jaw or his neck i mean that's how i was raised um by my dad and and taking some martial arts so Kind okay. of where I kind of where I aim, you know. A good fighter's got their shoulders up and their chin down, and you mm -hmm. know. And if they move their head, well, you hit them in the fucking neck. I mean, it, it cuts off the blood flow of the brain. It's not hard. I wasn't as big as a lot of the guys at the higher levels, so 
Yeah. You know, uh, Roger Maxwell was on our team and uh, Big Buddha. He was amazing to me. The whole team, all the old guys were. We had so you're 15 years old scrapping these guys. How much do you weigh? I was 195 pounds. Okay. okay. So you're a big boy for 15. Yeah, right? I was a big 15 year old. Okay. Because some uh, guys are like rakes and they fill out late and or, or never. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, now, now after stopping playing, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little chubby, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like 255 right now. I'm trying to get that down to about 240. Uh, shit, I feel like I could still fucking play, but the head can't handle it. So yeah. Maxwell was playing on your team in yeah. Taliban? So, yeah, he's amazing. He was a 20 year old. And all the guys, there's he's tons of guys. Like, I don't want to name drop a bunch of guys, but the whole team, all the veterans were awesome. And, on on that team, did you happen to play with a guy named Mike Reeves or um, Mark Jackson? No, I think they, I think they might have been. They were the, they were probably the year before me because Boynton Boynton was like you know he was a stud. I mean he went to the OHL, such a good player. Yeah, he went to the OHL as an underage. So mm-hmm. me and him are the same age. We're seventy nines. Yes, and uh, so that he was already in the O while I was in Caledon. Okay. Obviously, he played in Ottawa, and then I got drafted 19th overall in the North Bay and played him against them. He was a stud. It was him and Brian Campbell on the back end. They were just yeah, and then they won the cup together. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and my buddy Zaltek, who I played with, Matt Zaltek, good player, went 15th overall to uh, LA, mm-hmm. gotta clear the cobwebs. But um, you know, he played with me in Caledon, and then he played with all those boys like Kanopka and all those. They just had a powerhouse team. Kilray was a coach. I mean, oh yeah, just a great league. I mean, it was fucking awesome. I loved the O's. My time there was amazing. So when you're a kid coming into the league and, and you notice that being a left-handed when you're younger, especially, do you find that, that it was like a huge advantage early on? And then when you got older, just because people knew who you were, it may, may have been like a little bit more neutralized by guys or was uh, it always an advantage being a Southpaw? I think it's all, honestly, I think why I'm still doing okay, honestly, because it's because I was a left-handed fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was younger, I couldn't really throw rights that well. But um, right after kind of the yo, I was smart enough to realize, like, after a couple NHL camps, you know, I was fighting some guys in camp. And, um, you know, I did well, um, obviously. But I'm like, fuck me. These guys are stronger. They're bigger. Like, I got to learn how to throw both. So right. I got to yeah. give a shout. I got to give a shout out. I always forget to give him a shout out. But um, to the Vandermeer boys. Keith oh, Vandermeer yeah. was my coach. Obviously, you guys being from Ontario know that, you know, they're a, they're a boxing family. Like, you know, they're stud boxing, pro boxing family. And mm-hmm. Keith was amazing. I was like his first And We do speed, sprint work and lots of mitt work. I'm actually going to go home um, soon. I don't want to give it away because it's a surprise. But um, I'm going to go home hopefully soon, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with them. Um, oh, that's cool family birthday coming up and hopefully nice. you won't hear this and give it away it's my in my bro it won't air till well, october probably so <laughs> okay well whatever yeah. fuck it you know he yeah can, yeah but no man um yeah he was great to me so i learned how to you know he wouldn't i wouldn't be fighting left-handed boxing left-handed like on the ice i never lined up right handed mm-hmm. um you know i think it's a huge advantage especially as i got older and working with other guys down here pro fighters you know, kickboxers and different guys is you want to go away from the power, right? So if there's a righty and you're just going, you know, old school is just like, right. okay, let's get a good grab. That's you know, right. let's chuck them down the pipe. You know, you're, you're, you're just who's tougher fucking punch in the face contest, like rock them, sock them yep. robots. But, you know, I ran into a, the Derek Bugard, the champ, you know, go mm-hmm. from just crushing guys in the A and, you know, obviously you're not dominating every fight. I mean, it's right. a heavyweight division. Like there's, they're all yes. tough. There's not an easy fight. They're all up and down, too. They're, They're all tough. You know, all the guys mm-hmm. are tough in the A, like killers in the coast, too. So, you know, but 
is the run into a guy that's that long is the difference like just size from the guys in the a in the n it's like another three to four inches 20 to 40 pounds like everybody's tough to be honest man i honestly think oh is like their guys might not be as good of players or some of them are just as good uh, they just never got a shot or they the were drafted. Like I was lucky to have one person that really liked me and, and uh, Rick DiPietro who got sent down and uh, we worked out together and he was on conditioning. And then he told Gar Snow about me who liked me. And I kind of got a shot late, you know, I already ruined mm-hmm. my shot. I, I got my, my attitude was to boogie. Like you're going to fucking make me or break me. And he broke me. I mean, uh, and yeah. I got, a, I never got another shot for a while you know, got so, better, went down and started fighting everyone again, the high paid babysitter looking after the kids, you know. For the people who don't know, the you're you're talking about Derek Bugard, who the obviously monster. just an absolute weapon. He's, He's like so Andre, Andre the Giant on skates <laughs> would be how I would uh describe him. And your first was it your first pro like NHL fight? Was or first regular season? It was my first NHL game. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. you go up and you have a, a fight with Bugard, who is with Minnesota. You're in, in Anaheim at the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, honestly, I watched the fight probably ten minutes before we got on the call. <laughs> I, I've yeah. seen it before, but it's a good. It's a pretty good fight back and forth. You're doing what you can with a guy that big, right? You're you're moving. You're you know, kind of. You know, pulling him yeah. around, and, was, and he he gets you with an uppercut at the end. Oh, it was! I honestly I couldn't even tell you if the fucking punch was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a hot, you know, those fancy, you know, going to like Ruth Chris or like some of those like nice <laughs> restaurants. It was like one of those hot steak knives going through like butter in a fillet. Oh, I mean, just like, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you. I mean, you know, you go in back then. Concussion protocol was real lax, so you know, yeah. now you're not gonna be like it's your first. You know, you're that adrenaline. You're just going and warm-ups, you know, flying around. All the hairs on your body are staying. That's an incredible feeling. Like, even if yeah. I never got another NHL game, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that would suck because that's what I, I – mean, probably a lot of people still remember <clears throat> that. Yeah. You know, it's still an honor to get to the NHL. It's fucking hard as hell to get there. Like, young players, like, that are un- unreal and junior, then they all of a sudden blow their knee and they they never recover. Like, there's just so many good players in Canada – us like all throughout the world yeah you know, it's, and it's every and girls you know dream to either play in the olympics or play in the nhl so, mm-hmm. so i'm very fortunate and blessed that i was able to get another shot absolutely and, you know, to make good money at the ahl level and and look after the kids and play on some great teams and just the relationships you make in the game and just the guys like just the tough guys like i'm buddies with so many of them that i fought now we weren't yeah. friends at the time some of them i'm are my best friends and were um, you know, Mike Scroy, Jablonski, and my buddies with all these guys. Like, yeah. um, you know, Colt Normie talk, uh, Brian McGrath, and I play with the end of my career. I mean, there's a list that's the who's who. Cam Jansen's unreal dude. Talk to him. I mean, all these guys are incredible. It's no matter what level. But yeah, it's like, it's the hardest job in pro sports, you know? Like, you're you're putting the crest on the front before the name on the back. I mean, you know, I fought six of my eight groomsmen, you know, Jablonski <laughs> wow. Mike Scroy one time. I mean, it's – uh. You know, my brother, like all, I mean, that's just how it was. And to be honest, I grew up like, that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be Bob Probert, Ty Domi, Scott Stevens, like Mark, like, you know, I love Mark Messier. He's probably my favorite skill guy, but he had jam, you know, he's a fuck. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, like that's who the guys that Rick Tockett, Cam Neely. I mean, these are the guys that I grew up idolizing. I didn't, I didn't idolize like 
yeah, I mean, I respect the skill guys in the game now. You'd have to be a moron to not be like, holy yeah. shit, that's a track meet out yeah. there. Like, right. so talented. But I, I did what I wanted to do. You know, like, mm-hmm. I loved every minute of my job. I'm not one of these guys like, oh, I was big and I'm going to fucking sue the league and all this other bullshit. If, if you yeah. thought you were fucking fighting people and you th- thought you were going to come out unscathed, right. then shame on you. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, punches are not fucking vitamins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. I mean, I hate, you know, some guys might get mad at me, but like I told you, I wasn't, I don't pull punches and I'm going to be brutally honest. And yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So my question for you, and, and uh, it's fighting Bugard for the first time in the NHL. Have <laughs> you fought him prior to that? Yeah, I fought him the year before or a year yeah. or two before that. So, um, he was young. He hadn't come into his own yet. Mm-hmm. I did well in that one. Um, he didn't come into his own with like using that reach. Same thing. All these guys are trained. They're trained assassins, yeah. man. Like, you know, that's how it was at that level. Like everyone's doing, but they're not doing MMA. They're doing boxing. Like everyone's the working on it. We're working right. on getting stronger, working on the snap on their punch. I mean, right. working on, I mean, you know, for me, I'm big cross grab guy. Yeah. You know, I control them. And then if I can get like a full grab and then a full pull and they, I got their right arm and then I swing them, it's all science. And then I swing them. Well, now they can't hit me with the left. And then I go this way. Tim Hunter's style. Yeah. And if I, they can't hit me with the left, their liver's wide open because I'm a lefty. And then they go, and then that opens up the other arsenal. So it's like, you know, same with squaring off. They really did phase it out when it was getting so good and technical. You know what I mean? Like, well, unfortunately, some of the boys, some of the some of the great boys in the, in the game, and I don't know them personally, but they have yeah. passed. And you know, we're not going to name all the names, and and I'm very sorry to their families. Just you know, obviously, I've heard phenomenal things about them all, yeah. all great warriors. You know, they blame it on fighting. Um, it has nothing to do with fighting. I mean, everyone has, you know, for instance, like. The big guy, Bugard, he's the champ, man. Like, he's that big and he was that destructive with body checks. He's, he's been fighting his whole life, just like all, all of us. Like, you think I'm not sore every day, but I now I take CBD cream and, you know, right. CBD stuff to help me. And I'm, thank God I'm in a good spot or whatever you believe in. I don't care either way. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you so know, so it was a rabbit hole. It's a lot of, you know, it, 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 you get it surgery. And then these doctors are prescribing you this shit. And then you get kind of hooked on it. I mean, it, yeah. it happens to tons of guys. And I can't say anything. I mean, I was gobbling them up for fun on the bus, like to play cards. I mean, that's what we did. You know, right. it's like Pac-Man. It's like, okay, great, boys, let's have some fun. Drink some waters. Not allowed to, you know, not allowed to drink on the bus. It's on a long trip, you know. <laughs> like, what the fuck do you think we're doing? It's not comfortable. We're not on a, like, a, in the AHL, you're on, like, a regular bus. You're not on a sleepers, like, in the coast or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do what you got to do, you know. You numb it and get ready to fucking go tomorrow. You know, you're going to play two games in three, uh, three games in two and a half days. It's a weekend league, AHL. You know, you're playing Friday, you're playing Saturday, you're playing Sunday afternoon. Right. And, and back you're going, the and you're going you're in all those games. Fighting fucking almost every night. You yeah. Know? <laughs> And uh, you got to do what you got to do. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we all know now it's a, it's a huge problem in the country, in mm-hmm. North America. And yeah. unfortunately, we, we lost some, some great dudes. And I don't think it's all that scenario, but, you know, I lost a best friend. Some of the same – some of the people that are drawn to fighting come from, like, you know, tough situations, and that leads you – that opens up the, 
the door for drug addiction you know like some guys are drawn to fighting because they fucking grew up wild you know yeah well i'd say most of the guys i mean especially in hockey hockey is hockey's not it's a rich man's game you know i mean like look at the skates especially the states the states is i mean you gotta insanity i mean for these kids you know like nowadays it's like crazy it's like 250 260 a stick i mean back when i was coming up i mean we could wear some you know hand-me-down stuff my parents like took out a second mortgage on the fucking house so we could me and my brother could have the best skates and play at the best level and give us the best shot i mean most of the guys i mean these farm boys i mean their their parents are making money but it's still not cheap. It's it's tough burden on yeah. on the family, money wise, and also time commitment. I was know? saying in in America, if you're missing teeth, people think that you're poor. But in Canada, if you're missing teeth, it's like, oh, looks like someone's parents could afford to put them in AAA rep hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The moderate sign of wealth. Yeah, but Boogie there, I I I was not smart. Um, I had had a bunch of fights in the A. I don't know the total. I mean, it's like one a game mm-hmm. to start the year. And and he was the duck killer. He was killing everybody. I mean, he was just running through the league. He's fucking so powerful. He's so long. I mean, his arms are as long as my fucking legs. I'm 6'3". You know, he, made me, he made me look like a child. Yeah. 6'3", two, 235. I was like a child. Do you think um, you underestimated him a bit because he was kind of raw-boned when you first fought him? He was no, I, I definitely didn't underestimate him. I'd watch all his tape. I watched tape with the head coach and the video coach. He had already, um, you know, taken out Kip Brennan and um, Todd Fedorik, who are both killers, and I respect them both very much. Yeah. And I was next in line, and I was excited about it. But I had already been kind of dinged up, lots of punches. Uh, I, I was a toe-to-toe fighter. Yes. And at my size, and you know, at my size, I really shouldn't be. If you watch me later in my career, after all the training and private lessons and money I spent, yeah. I go away from the power. I'm doing like they throw a loopy one because most hockey guys like don't take that kind of stuff. They throw bombs, right? They try to take your head off with every punch. So that's all you got to stay is like composed, and then you try, you try, you triangle block, and then you can also deflect stuff. Wow. Use your shoulders, and then if they throw they throw a left if i'm holding them here and they throw like a left hand that's all i got to do is put my elbow up and it's going to deflect they'll never hit me they can hit my body all fucking day you know mm-hmm. same thing with the right side if i get to my right side same thing if they throw a right hand and i go this way and i'm not going to go and you never go into the power you're gonna get fucking killed so, so you where go are you, you go the where are way. you learning this stuff later in your career I learned from a guy by the name of uh, Chris Elms. He's like a scientist in fighting here locally. Oh, cool. Multi, multi-level degree black belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, he was the Muay Thai coach. I mean, he, he can throw a butter knife into like a two-inch area at, on a piece of wood at a bar. I mean, he's, a, he's wow. good at everything, guns, yeah. everything. And then my other buddy, um, Stevie Demence, one of my very good friends still, he's a kick pro kickboxer. He worked with me all the time. We still, we still hit it together. And then obviously Mark Grubel as well owns Grubel's MMA. He's going to be the Olympic head coach oh, when, nice. kick, when kickboxing becomes an Olympic event. That's cool. um, he's a bad dude. Um, they're all they're all incredible. So I realized like, hey, like I'm I'm getting older. Most guys when they get 30, 31, they start going down fast. Right. And I just took I'm, I'm a gym rat. I just went I was you know hitting the steel for sex appeal before me we got on here. I went to the gym. And <laughs> Mrs. Gills knows that's my me time. If I'm if I'm banging calls all day and emails and you know I do credit card prostate businesses a bunch of money on the rate slash fees anywhere in the nation. <laughs> I'd love to plug it there. Yeah, like I'm always going to plug it. But like yeah, that's yeah. what I do. I'm I'm nice. always going. You know, I drank fucking coffee dude, all yeah. fucking day like 
I need this chew and, and this beer, a couple beers to relax. Like I'm, I'm wired. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I do. I, I, she knows I need my me time and I like to do it in the morning, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to fucking grind and then I do it at night. And right. You got a home gym. Yeah. I got a Bob, you know, Bob, like the guy you punch with all the sand in him. I got oh, some yeah, weights yeah. and yeah. you know, I got some shit. I got a cold tub downstairs that it was just given to me. I'm going to start. I want to get a sauna cause I love saunas <laughs> from being in Russia and yeah. Finland, the Banya and, it's great. You feel like you're 20 years old again, and I'm 40, almost 42. So, um, in Augusta, would the sauna not get pretty fucking hot or what? <laughs> well, I, you know, just keep it off during the summer, but I got a pool. So, in the summer, we do the pool. But in the winter, what the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah, like, it cools right? It's not, there's no snow here, but like today was like everyone thought it was cold. It was 70 fucking one or two degrees. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so in the winter, we have five bonfires, and it's like shaped like the globe at the world. Uh, oh, cool. Up in the so we could be getting fucking pinned, and go in the sauna, and then jump into the jump into the pool, and you know it's amazing for you. You feel like you're fucking a kid again. Ah, that's cool. Buddy of mine had a pool. I was uh, stayed up with him for a couple of days. Woke up like seven in the morning, jumped right in the pool, did a couple of lengths. What a fucking great way to wake up. You know? It is nice. I do that on the weekend if I'm a little hung. If I'm a little hung, tease you know from a uh, yeah yeah a good Saturday night instead of like. You know, maybe give you a little sniff and the wife's like, you got, you know, I'm like, don't no, we'll take care of that. Just go jump off the diving board, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no boys, life is good, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the boys that did our job, I respect them all. I'll dive into any fight story you want. I'll do stay on here as long as you guys fucking want. I love to talk and I loved every minute of my job. I was honored to do it. Awesome. When, when you, so coming from the Canadian market, you get draft, you don't, you go undrafted, but you go to the ECHL first out of the OHL into Mississippi. What was it like the culture shock going from that, you know, OHL, you're in, you're in an area where people love hockey. Oh yeah. It was awesome. To, to Mississippi. Is it, is it, uh, are they loving hockey down there when you go or? Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing, dude. Um, so I went to NHL camp. I won't go into the year before, but I went with the Rangers, um, you know, and then ended up, you know, I'm too young. So I got to go back to junior. I had a great camp, had a great fight against Dale Purington. And it was a great experience. I got some cool stories, but they've already been talked about on other pods. So sure. we won't, we won't dive into that. So then the next year after my last year junior, I could have went back for overage. We had a killer team. We had like Richard Scott was an overage rookie. Guy was tough as nails. Andrew Peter was on the team. And then me, we had um, T.J. Reynolds, young kid. He was a rookie. Brandon Cullen. I mean, the fucking the toughest nails team. Brandon Coulter. I mean, it was – and we had good players. It was, we were a good team. Um, so then that year I go to – that summer I go to L.A. Kings rookie camp, and it was a fucking blast. Um, it was in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Cool oh, okay. Spot. You know, we stay at this, like, little barracks thing. Both teams. It was, like, the Islanders rookies and then the kings all the rookies draft picks and guys like me that are like just walk on dudes and um it was a blast and training like hardcore training you know at the end like we all going down floating down tubes down the river it was phenomenal awesome and then he went to main camp and i was a defenseman back then um rules have obviously changed a lot because i sure shit wouldn't be able to play d the last couple years playing i don't know what's getting skated but uh Rob Blake was my defense partner in camp. So it's not too hard to look good uh, with Rob Blake, Hall of Famer. And 
Yeah. Um, you know, be on a D to D, make a good play, play hard nose, whatever. So stayed around a while, didn't play any preseason games. And then they sent me to Lowell and was had a great camp. I was fighting every night. Fought this real tough motherfucker named Louis Bedard. You remember him? Louis Bedard was absolutely tough. Was he a little uh, smaller guy or yeah, lefty. I think he was yeah. lefty. I'm not sure, but he didn't know I was lefty, so I caught him. I, I think I broke his nose. Like, I, I win the first one. Yep. This fucking guy was not happy. He'd been around a while in the minors. He He's wanted to go again. And so I'm a kid. Like, my dad. Wait, 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 every... wait, wait, wait. In the same game? Fuck yeah. I fought three times my first my first. With his broken nose, he wanted to go again. Oh, yeah, and he did. It was t- He's tough as nails. He went toe to toe. And then uh, I fought another guy on their team, too. I can't remember. But, um. I fought three times in my first AHL preseason game. It was fucking the, we call it the jungle. You know, it was wild back then. This was like 99, 2000. I'm a oh, kid. Yeah. I'm like, at that time, I was 215, 215 pounds. These guys were big boys though. Like, so then I, um, I signed Tom Rowe was the general manager and uh, Bruce Boudreaux was the head coach. Okay. And so we were a split affiliate with Lowell. Uh, I mean, with um, New York Islanders and the Kings. And so they sent down Eric Goddard. I'm uh, not Eric Goddard. He's younger than me. Um, Eric Cairns got sent down. There was another guy by the name of uh, Bill Heward. What a guy. He was so Heward good to me. Too, yeah, man. he was a awesome. good dude. He was a good dude to me. And so was, um, and so was Cairnsy. And so there was really no room for me. I mean, they had a fucking two animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and other guys too. Like I think Dave McIsaac was there. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. Um, so then I got sent down. And so when I went in to talk to um, Bruce Boudreaux, they call him Gabby. He was great to me. And he said, Hey kid, you had a great camp. Like really like you, you know, you, I want to send you somewhere. He goes, our affiliates Trenton. And he goes, we already got a lot of guys going there. And he goes, I used to have like blonde, you know, dyed blonde hair. That was cool back then. And I was like wild. That was the time. You know, (laughs) let's just say I was pretty wild. So he said, I don't think you're going to like Trenton, New Jersey. Um, He goes, but I just won the Kelly Cup last year in Biloxi, Mississippi with the Seawolves. Have really good relationships. And he goes, I would love to send you to Trenton because they're going to be a good team. He goes, but you're going to play for an NHL heavyweight in Mark Potvin in Biloxi. And I was like, hell yeah, I'd love to go down there. And it was a real old team. You know, I'm not going to name drop a bunch of guys, but just phenomenal veterans. And yeah. it was a blast. Like we had great crowds and I was a kid, I was 20 years old and uh, got a free car by a guy in town. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was amazing. His name's Greener. And uh, we used to eat for free at all the casinos. You could go get crab leg steak, chicken, whatever you want from the buffets. I was fucking incredible. And then we're only an hour from New Orleans, two hours for Petscola. It was, it was amazing. So, dude. It was and, amazing. And, so you're a young kid. Yeah. And you're playing just on the weekends. So you have it, you know, you might play a Wednesday night game in the coast. Okay. It's a, it's a so lot the of rest hockey. of the time. You're just fucking around down there, hanging out. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't a golfer back then. and I'm still not very good, but right. uh, I play a lot of golf here now for business development, but I like to fish, man. So like down there, you got redfish, speckled trout, you got all the brackish water back bays. It's fucking phenomenal. You know, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, we won't get into whatever else I was doing, but I, I mean, I was having a hell of a time, <laughs> hell of a time. Yeah. My wife knows I was wild. There is what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, it was amazing. I love that league. It was, it was so fucking tough too. Like I was fighting guys like, uh, Steve Cherid, Eric, um, Dean Moore. I mean, 
This guy Stewart was come ask me every fucking game to fight. Um, he played in Jackson. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just I didn't have I I, had, I didn't even have a goal. I was a defenseman. I barely ever scored, but uh, I always say like I couldn't put the puck in the fucking ocean. That's a natural gift, you know. I make a good first pass, could rip around. I was a great hitter, good teammate. Yeah. But, um, I think I had six assists in like 202 minutes as a 20 year old. A lot of fighting, and then I get called up. And they put me on wing. I never played fucking wing in my life. <laughs> so I, I'm just like running or just off the draw. And they'd be like, okay, hey, kid, you want to go? And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. You know? So I knew I wasn't there to score. Like, you yeah. don't have to be a fucking rocket scientist. Like, this guy's way bigger than me. And yeah. he wants to fight. I'm like, okay, cool, let's go. So I fought uh, this Sawyer guy. He's tough. A Justin Sawyer, Justin I think. Justin Sawyer, yep. Playing the NHL, tough dude. Um, had some good ones with him. And then I fought this monster of a man who was a killer later on. I'm glad I didn't run into him later on. Um, but he played um, Joel Terrio. The animal. Yeah, big boy. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say I won that. <laughs> um, but, you know, hung in there. You know, you don't was win he, them all. Was he jacked and huge at that time too? He wasn't or? as big as that. Uh, and nor was I as big as I am now, of course. But um, – no, he was he was he was strong. I remember him being like, "Fuck me, this guy's strong." Then I, you know, it was great learning experience as a twenty-year-old fighting these kind of guys. I fought Darcy Harris, had a great fight with him. Um, you know, I so think. How I do you play- change up? How do you change up when you're getting out muscled in a situation like that? You're like, "Fuck, this guy's strong, man." Like, is it just like, just survive? Stay, just, you got to get close. Just, like, what are you doing? Just tuck, I just would tuck my back then. I was a toe-to-toe fight, so you know, I'd always try to get center grab. And, um, you know, you get a good center grab. And that was before the jersey jab became popular, you know, like yeah, bang, yeah, bang, yeah, bang, yeah, and then yeah. follow it up with the two. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're just kind of holding and pulling. You're, you're pulling and then punching to that area. So right. you're bringing his head forward from, a, you know, a position like this to exposing mm-hmm. the chin. Right. And you're just trying to fucking knock each other out. Right. And when you're yeah. a kid, kid playing against, like, Joel the Animal Terrio. Oh, when, yeah, I'm trying to go. Yeah, I'm trying to throw. But do you know who he is beforehand, or is it just – well, anyone could be anyone. In oh, that. no, that's the thing. Like nowadays, I feel like I would have been like as a kid, I would have been like, oh, fuck. Like I watch all this tape. You study him. Back then, they didn't have that. They didn't have like YouTube and and all the different fights. Like I, I don't even think they had that. Remember that awesome fight site that's not around anymore? Was it? Fights.com was just. Oh, that, yeah, that one was big. But then there was a better one for scouting guys. You could type in their name. Does it like drop your gloves? Dropyourgloves.com. Yeah. You can and type just, in your name and then go down year after year and study every single his, fucking fight. His entire fight wow. card. Well, uh, we you could use that when we were interviewing people. It would really help us to know. And now, and now it's not a site. I wish someone would get that back up. I fuck. I, fuck there's a, I'll there's put a the money in on Guys that. are trying to get it back. Like, that's what's happening because it, it was so valuable as a resource Amazing. for hockey fight fans. It was like, like the Bible of hockey fights. And, and now, I mean, hopefully they still got that shit somewhere because that was like, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was so a So when do you find out? So when do you find out? You're on the bench and they're like, kid, number 12. Well, you know, how it worked back then is, you know, you still had the game notes just like now. I mean, they got these packets on every, okay. on, you know, the, the team and the league and everything. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to be like, well, he has like, no points barely <laughs> yeah. just like just like me right like and the same player and he, you know he might have a, yeah and he's a fucking monster and then his penalty minutes are through the roof so then as a young guy you go around and ask some of the other guys be like 
hey, what's what's up with this, just say number 24, you know, tough guy number 33 or whatever the numbers are. They're always pretty obvious. Right. And be like this, this Terrio guy or whatever, or whoever the name is. Even later years, young guys would come up to me and I'd say, hey, he's a tough kid. Like, watch out. Because they don't know. They'd come up trying to make a name, middleweights and different guys. And I always knew. I study everyone. I watch, I watch Timu Solani fights. I mean, I watch every fucking fight there is. <laughs> um, I love it like I love it so I would be like hey watch out you know he's a good middleweight you know he's not much defense he's coming out of the gates hard he throws left bombs down the pipe like you know you tell him just different stuff or this guy can't throw a left at all it's like a fucking Dunkin Donuts donut hitting you like he's a hard right-handed fighter you know just you give him the tips and say hey kid fucking go get him you know <laughs> like uh I love that. Nobody's ever broken it down like that before. That's how it was. There was no yeah. scouting, really. I mean, there was this one guy, though, later on, and I didn't know him then, but I, he used to hand out these, like, DVDs. He's phenomenal. He's got a podcast, and I'm probably going to go on his. He's yeah. a huge Islander fan. Joe Lazito, amazing guy. Amazing story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just yeah. had him on. We had we him on. Yeah. About. yeah, I love Joe. Joe used to come to my house in the island and, like, hang out with me and my family. Like, he's a phenomenal. He's got two great boys. Love his family. He's a great fucking guy. I was and, just uh, talking to him. He says hi, by the way. He, he's amazing, dude. I love that guy. He's a real good dude. And um, he had like DVDs for you guys. For yeah, yeah. We call. I used to call him. Guys would call him the Fight Doctor. That's great. I mean, you know, he, you you give him a stick or something, a signed stick. He's probably got the best fucking collection of hockey fighter sticks of of all time. He has to. Wow. So you give him a stick or something like that, or a pick for his boys or whatever. And it just, he's just so cool and down to earth. You become buddies with him. He's like a hard guy not to like. I mean, I loved it. Yeah, he's a I'd, have him, I'd have him at my house, like right next. I, I got blessed to stay in Charlesville. I didn't make a lot of money at the level. I was the lowest paid guy on the team. Just pumped to be there, you know, which was still great money compared to what right. I was used to. Right. But I lived in the original farmhouse on Coveneck Road right next to Charles Wong, who is the owner. Uh, it's like 55. I bought a four-wheeler for my kids. I'd be pulling them around in like sleds in the middle of winter. Like it was fucking phenomenal. Little two hour drive, like right down to the Long Island Sound, like ripping around on the beach. You could, nice. It's amazing. But I uh, know he, he'd come over. He's a great dude, man. I, I listen to his podcast a lot too. Got a yeah, lot of yeah. No, that's it. Um, is it the Coliseum Chronicles? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about getting me a hat. He's got a cool new logo and he's got Very a bunch cool. of swag. To our listeners, check out Coliseum Chronicles too. It's a you boys got yeah. some swag. I love those fists. That's a badass logo. Oh yeah, we got these bad boys right here. The fight story shirts. We. Uh, yeah, I got we'll a one. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to throw you boys some Venmo or whatever. You got yeah, that? Yeah, up there yeah, yeah. We'll send you. Yeah, we'll take care um, of it. What was I gonna say? Um, I've seen, and I was telling this to Joe, but I, I loved going to the games at the Coliseum. Oh, you know, I'm from Toronto, love watching, you know, love watching the Leafs. But my brother flew in from Toronto and I picked him up at the airport and it was cheaper for him to fly in from Toronto and get seats 10 rows off the ice than it would have been for those same seats in Toronto, you know? Oh, all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, just, but it was a great, it was a great crowd. They're actually like my secondary team because they're still oh, like cool. a hard-nosed bunch of guys, you know? Oh, I love like Matty Martin. Matty Martin I played with when he was yeah. a rookie in um, Bridgeport. Just a phenomenal dude. And I used to work with him a bit. He's a way better player than me. But um, it's great to see him, like, just fucking kicking ass right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, six I was pissed. I was, I was happy when the Leafs got him and pissed when they, you know, when he went back. I was like, come on. Yeah, they kind of didn't use him right Get there. You know, like, 
Yeah. The thing like torts and, you know, obviously Lou's system is very defensive and, you know, it's, it's kind of stingy hockey, right? You know, you right. take advantage of your chances to stingy hockey and that's the best fourth line in hockey. I don't care what anyone says. Like Cal Cutter, mm-hmm. Cal, Cal Clutterbuck, Kazikas, who I played with, he's a heartbeat of that team and Matt Martin, another heartbeat. Those guys are, it's like old school pinball. Remember pinball when the, you do real well and the multi-ball comes out? They yeah. still play like old school hockey. It's fucking amazing to watch, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I love, I love that other guy, Reeves. There's a few guys I like. I mean, most people don't like Wilson, but I, I love, love him. Wilson. I, I love yeah, Wilson. Yeah, I, like Wilson. I mean, um, the other dude, he's from my hometown. Uh, he plays for the Leafs. The Leafs picked him up. I don't know the kid, but he played for my buddy Billy Rose's dad. What's his name? The guy in Clifford. Oh. Kyle Clifford, love yeah. him. Like, there's guys mm-hmm. that still have some fucking jam, you know. Yeah. Um, that Jamie Ben, he's a yeah Ben's badass. Awesome. You know, guys like that. I love guys like that. Like, yeah. there's, there's still some some alpha dogs in the league. It's, yeah, like uh, Luchik, love Luch. Uh, yeah. Like, they got some sandpaper to their fucking game. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. they need to fucking tam- take their tampon out in between periods. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, fuck off. This is a man's game. <laughs> yeah. Talking to their therapist. <laughs> and I hope I don't get in trouble for that because I absolutely love women's hockey. I know I'm friends with the Lamaru girls. Yeah. They're, they work hard. It's great hockey. But I mean, this is the National League here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's called the No Hungry League. Guys are hungry. Like, you know, you're always getting food there. It's amazing. It's not the No Hit League. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. Well, let's take it back to the AHL now, because we went through the kind of the ECHL thing. You go up to the A. There's a, it's stacked now. It's a it's a whole other kind of level. Um, I guess it would be a little bit thicker than the ECHL, right? Oh yeah. In terms yeah. of who you're going against. <laughs> so I'm looking at the list of people you scrapped there. Mel Angelstad, you had a. Oh man, I got to give him. I got to talk about him real quick. So I get called up after being in the coast for a long time. And um, I was, we were actually on all-star break. I was partying like a fucking rock star drinking with my, all my buddies in Peoria. <laughs> Yablonski's on the team. One of my very best friends in my groomsman, uh, grooms Brennan Brooks. I mean, we had a great team, not to name all the guys, but I was passed the fuck out in my apartment. Doors locked and Brendan is banging on the door. I guess I got the call. And, um, excuse me, <laughs> beers, buddy. And so uh, <laughs> my wife's like, he caught, got a hold of my wife and she said, and we weren't married at the time. We were just dating. And he said, Brendan, like he's been waiting for this. Like you got to get in there, like go get him. And so get in there. It was almost like, almost like my agent got us a self call up because I was, I was running out of the window where I had to make it to the flight mm-hmm. and Chicago's not wow. that far. And so I literally, my agent said, fuck it. He's like, I'll talk to Smurf later, which is Jason Christie. And then I went up. And uh, I met with Tom Rowe, very intimidating guy. I love Tom Rowe. I owe a lot of my, my whole career to him because I was getting close to the veteran status at the East Coast level. Yeah. You guys know about that. Like, you're only allowed a certain amount of guys. And they aren't giving tough guys those jobs. Yeah. Wow. Top scorers, big, the big point guys and shit like that. So I was, like, getting close to that. And uh, I get called up. And Tom – and I had the blonde hair and all that. I didn't have any facial hair. And uh, I get called in the room. and Looking like, looking like fucking Jared Leto. Yeah, just like a kid, you know, <laughs> like, fuck me. Yeah. And uh, I go in the office and Tom said, yeah, you know, uh, we're playing a tough team. And I already knew. He didn't He didn't tell me who it was. It wasn't like I was getting the tap, none of that bullshit. Like, you know, you know your fucking job. Right. And so, uh, you know, I play in the game. 
And uh, he goes, Gilly, this is just for a week, tough weekend. He's like, if you do well, he's like, I'll keep you. And um, he's like, but, um, you know, we're, real, we're a real soft team. We're a real soft team. So, you know, do your thing. Don't be shy. Do your thing. I said, I said, yes, sir. Like, I was fucking ready, bud. And, um, <laughs> you know, booze it up. Like, you know how it is. <laughs> he said we're world. a real soft team. That's fucking hilarious. We were. We were very soft. Look at our lineup. We had, like, Ryan. We had Ryan Bass, who was tough. I mean, the rest of the team are, like, nothing against them. But they're all, like, skilled little guys. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no meat and potatoes. Like, it was right. like they must have been happy to see you. No, you know how back then it wasn't like no. that. Like, guys kind of looked at you like, what the fuck is he doing here? You know, oh, what I mean? really? Like, yeah. You were almost looked at like you had to earn your way, right? Okay. They're just like, well, fuck, he'll be up for a weekend and he'll be gone, right? That's how they look at it. Because they, they look at it like you're taking their job, like they're yeah. taking their spot. Because they got to sit a skill guy, some Euro fucker, whatever, that's going to try to play on the fourth line. Like, come the fuck up. Yeah, and yeah. so so what happened was I play and we're playing against uh, Portland and I was with low lock monsters. No, it doesn't have a team anymore. Yeah. And my first shift, I know who the fuck's on their team. Like I've watched Mel Engelstad for years. I'm in the coast loving this guy. And, uh, you know, there's certain names, but he's one of the top stone Mad cold, Aaron, you know, mad Mel. I mean, there's, these guys are old legends. And so my first draw baby faced assassin, I'm like super polite. I look at Mel. I don't stick him. Nothing like that. I just like kind of look at the puck and I like I'm talking to him. And I say, uh, hey, Mad Mel, because that's what he, they call him. I said, hey, Mad Mel. I go, I'd be honored to have you on my fight card. And uh, he looked at me. He goes, you sure, kid? And, and, and I don't know if you guys, I'm not making fun of Mel at all, but Mel's such a warrior that he looked like a Mr. Potato Head doll. I don't know if you had one of them when you were a kid, but like oh, yeah. put the nose on sideways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like his, he's such a warrior that his bones were smashed. And when I looked at him, when we finally squared off, he, he like could have picked his nose over here. He's a fucking animal. He since had, <laughs> had his nose. I don't want him to get mad, but he knows this is true. He since had, <laughs> had, had his nose fixed and he's actually a good looking dude. He's a badass fireman, does all these competitions. He's, he's a, a weapon. Guy. He's yeah. a great guy. And so he goes, you sure kid? And I said, Yep. And he goes, all right, kid. He goes, if you want to go, I'll give you, it's like totally honorable. And I, I talk, I don't talk about this a lot, but this is how I got to get my shot or I would have been right the fuck back down on the coast. If he says, no, nah, fuck you. You know, like that's how some guys act. Yeah. He said, all right, kid. He's like, I'll give you a shot. He's like, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. He's like, he goes, no grab and go. Like he's going, we're going to go center ice square off like men. I was like, yep. And so we did and had a hell of a fight. Uh, I have a little scar right here somewhere. Um, he got me with a good one. None of us, neither of us went down. It was a great fight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I fought him a lot of times. And um, later on in my career, when I was a little more established in the A, you know, I would thank, I thanked him after games. He'd come talk to me after games. We might've fought that night. Right. And uh, he'd be like, Hey kid. He's like, fuck, I, you know, I like your style. I'll keep doing what you're doing. Like that shit goes a long way when you're young. Sure does, you know? man. That's cool. That's very and, uh, cool. So I like, I give him ultimate credit. Like I kind of cut my teeth on guys like him that were fucking animals. And yeah. then also stone cold Steve McLaren. I got to give a lot of respect for, he'd give me shows, you know, there's guys like that that were just like absolute nail guns. He was a and, dangerous uh, fighter, Steve McLaren. He doesn't yeah. get a lot of talk, but he... Which is a shame. He's one of the toughest. Like, mm -hmm. If you know hockey fights. Fuck, he's oh, tough. Man. He's tough. He throws bombs. Strong. 
He was like, okay, he didn't even have owl pads on. And his fucking forearms was like, he's Yeah, was he a hard guy to to try and get like get contained because he was? Uh, well, I mean, I was I was a thrower too, like him, right? So you kind of you know you're just going. I mean, it yeah, was, it was super fucking fun back in those days, like you know, and then you know they add up, buddy. You know, like uh, no matter how good of a jaw you got, I mean, you eventually got to be like, hey, if I want to keep doing this and. As yeah. you get older and then you become one of the top guys, you make a lot more money. You're, you know, when I fought, when I fought uh, Mel Angelstadt, I mean, it was making like $32,000 on a call-up. I mean, that's not a lot of money to fucking fight these kind of guys every night. Right? Yeah, true. Um, that's what people don't realize. I mean, you have to work your way up, you know, especially right. as a non-drafted East Coast guy. You're not making that 70 grand plus your signing bonus. I mean, and, and it isn't about the money. It's, fuck, that's you. You love it. It's your job. Yeah. Your honor to do it you know you're you're doing it for the boys um and so after that fight with mel coach said all the boys were like looking at me like who the fuck is this fucking guy like they thought i was gonna get absolutely fucking <laughs> and i'm not gonna lie like when i was squaring off with mel i'm kind of like holy fuck like look at this fucking nose like this guy's an animal but you know you just, <laughs> yeah, you, just, yeah, you, know, you just turn that switch on we both turned that switch on and had a hell of a go and he's like in the box like just little things people don't know hear about. Like that's why this fight stories is so fucking cool. You know, he's like, "Hey, kid, great fucking fight." You know, I'm like, "Man, thank you so much." You know, like it's it's like that. Yeah. It's like it's like it's awesome. Like, yeah. how many people do you know that you could fucking literally try to knock each other's fucking head off, and then like some guys give a head tap or I'm not really we're, we didn't do that by any means. But yeah. later in my career, when I fight my friends, I have no problem with it. And we'd have a chill little chat, and people are like, "You guys are fucking insane." You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know the, yeah. the loyalties, the loyalties to the sweater. And um, yeah. then sure. after that game, Tom Rowe says, "Hey kid, great fucking job." He's like, "You think you can keep doing that every night?" And I said, "Well, I'm sure gonna fucking give her my all my all I got." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just too young, dumb, and you know the deal. And yeah. Um, then I then we flew into um, St. John's. What a cool fucking place that is, boy. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a place that is. Great fans. It's just awesome place. And um, then the next night, or well, it wasn't the next night. We, you know, you, have, you fly in, then it's one day off in the next game, whatever. I fought uh, Doug Duell, and uh, he grabbed me. He didn't like me running around. I just ran around. I mean, <laughs> I, I, like, what else? you got to get hits, you know, get it in, get it out. That's you right. Got to bang bodies. That's part of the job. Yep. I mean, if you want to be effective, you got to be a hitter. In He's got to be some action. See. Yeah, instead of, yeah, I mean, and then I fought uh, Nathan Parrott as well. So two tough dudes. So in my first weekend, I had fought three killers. Oh, wow. um, and then I got to stick around, and I, I stayed the rest of the time and, and kind of never went back to the coast. Uh, signed with my idol, Marty McSorley, the next year. And, oh, and, cool. uh, Falcons? Yeah, man, playing yeah. for fucking Marty. Like, he, I idolized him. And he's the nicest guy. Um he would work with we we might be get we had a shit team we might be getting pounded like four or five one he'd almost be like disgusted with like a lot of the team <laughs> and he'd come in and he'd be like wouldn't even talk he'd be like gilly come here and i'd be like just fucking go out and see marty you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'd have like a, i'd have a, like a wild fight or whatever and he'd be like hey great fucking fight and he grabbed me with his suit on you know he's coaching <laughs> he grabbed me with his fucking suit on 
and you could tell he still had the eye of the tiger. He still like wanted to do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, I love that about him. I used to look at his eyes and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my yeah, kind of yeah, guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and he would be like, hey, do this, like try this, like, and he would show me different things to try. Yeah. Oh man, what a great guy! You know, to I was I lived oh. in Springfield for a little while. I go watch those Falcon games when he was yeah. the coach. And one night he showed up at a men's league game. When that guy skated within 15 feet of me, the fucking puck was just dude. He's down the fucking. He's such a good. He's such a good human being too. Like, just a fucking great guy. Like I love playing for him. And that year, I think I had I had 35 fights and 64 games for Marty. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to be the only guy, so Lowell wanted to re-sign me, and I love Tom. I want to stay with Tom. But the money was way different, and it wasn't. It's not like it was much more money, but um, you know, I would have made more in Lowell. So I, but I took less to be the only guy, and also to play mm-hmm. for my idol, because I was like, I can mm-hmm. learn a ton from this guy's like one of the best of all time, okay. and so I got to be the only heavyweight, um, which is important when you're young. You gotta, you know, you gotta get established. You know, you gotta fight all those dudes, and um, man, it was an honor to play for him. Fuck me, he was awesome. Do you find that being the lone gun helped you a lot? Um, because in previous years, you other had other guys to share the workload and just like, it's just a different experience that way. And to get noticed, maybe just to get your notoriety up a little bit more. Well, to be the lone gun, you better be ready. Cause every team back then had fucking three or four guys. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a lot of heavy lifting. Um, loved it. Um, we actually got Billy Tibbetts for a while that year, so he helped a little bit. But he wasn't really fighting. He was a hell of a player. He had like a point of game for us during that time. Okay. So he's it was mainly – dude. He's a wild Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I like Billy, man. Then. Yeah, I love Billy, man. People, you know, he gets a bad rap, dude. He's really, he's a good guy, man. We want to get him on the podcast. Yeah. I don't think he'll go on other podcasts. He's kind of doing his own little thing. But, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like Billy, man. Billy, Billy was good. He was real good to me. You know, Billy was obviously went away. Uh, I took, I take great pride in being a gym rat, but he had some fucking cool shit. Like we were doing like prison shit, like towel, towels, which is amazing for hockey. Your grip is so important. Your, your, um, you know, your forearms and your grip strength is so important. And so he do these like, like all these different exercises with towels, like towel, towel pull-ups and shit. I mean, you get fucking strong as fuck doing that. And that's just so you can grab the Jersey when you're, yeah it's just like huge and um but man no it was great to get established there um you know um i would go to the gym every night my wife we weren't married it was the first year she moved away and i knew what i had to do and and um she was miserable because i you know right after practice i'd sleep it was all about like hey i gotta do this like i was really like you know as an athlete you almost got to be selfish like your sacrifices you make in your personal yeah you have to and so had to do what it took so i was like regimented like military like i go do this do this eat this sleep like this like it's not fucking fun when you gotta you know your young girl you're in love with and she's like what the fuck like what am i doing here you know and and how old were you guys at the time when i was like 23 24 i'd say mm-hmm. so she's a couple years younger so she's like 22 you know yeah so you just kind of you know and we're and i have the best the best stepson and a beautiful daughter with from us like but i came around when my stepson was 14 months old so okay. she like took him away to come with me and so you know we obviously had great times too but i mean i right. spent a lot of time like being very regimented i'm like 
if I have the year, I'm like, I'm either going to be fucking beat up and done, or we're going to get us a fucking NHL contract. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole, that's the whole goal here. Well, even at, like, it's interesting. Cause even at 23 and 24, you've been playing pro hockey or junior hockey where this is your goal for so long. And uh-huh. you know, you're not, you're not in the NHL at 18 or 19. No, fuck no. So you, you could, you could miss the window and every game is a, is maybe a window in. So it is that um, thing where you're trying to set up a, a better life for your family. I think a lot of people oh, 100%. Realize 100%. really what the, you know, at 23, 24, that's still a lifetime in hockey. You're, yeah, no, you're right. Nowadays, I mean, that's, but back then, I mean, you know, with the tough guys, I mean, most of us, if you look at it mm-hmm. from that era, the old school, like the 90s, you started cutting your teeth out in the East Coast League. Yes. If you look at the East Coast League all-time guys that have made it to the NHL, it's going to be the majority role players, tough guys, and yes. goaltenders. They already got those fucking skill guys from Europe or the top dogs. Like, right, you know, you're right, right. Joey, Thor- Joey Thornton's my age. Yeah, you know, you know, all your top studs, like Crosby, all those guys, I mean, they're already going, you know. Yeah, they might need, some of them might need a little seasoning in the A, a year or half a year, and then they're gone, you know, like, mm. and they don't come back. But, like, guys like us, you know, you go learn the pro game. It's not just fighting. Like, people think, like, so when I was young, I was just, like, trying to fight everyone just to get established. But then playing for Marty, you learn when to fight, when yeah. not to fight, to always put the team first. Um, you know, and half the time we're losing. So there's never a bad time to not fight a heavyweight. The way I look at it, you know, some people think, they'd be like, well, why did Gillies fight there in the NHL when they're up two goals? The way I look at it is, as a fighter, all of them think like this. It's not just me. So I'm not being cocky at all. I like try to be very humble. If you don't think like this, you're going to be looking up at the lights and they're going to be, people are going to be like, well, how's your nap? You know, like, right. Are you, you trying have to take to away think. their, are you trying to take away their momentum swing? Yeah. So if they try to come out and try to get momentum right? and you're, and you're a legit dude, most guys are like, fuck yeah, I'll go, let's go. Like mm. there's no harm, no foul. Like even if it's an amazing draw or you, or you dominate or you win, I mean, then you get even more momentum and you're already up. So I don't right. feel like there's ever a bad, really a bad time, as long as you don't get devastated. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and obviously I have been devastated. So I know from both sides. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like just being yeah. real. Yeah. I mean, uh, me and Yablonski got a great saying. I talked to you guys about it before we went on is if you've never been knocked out or, you know, you hear those heroes, the keyboard warriors that fucking had a few fights in their life. Like I never lost a fight or I've never yeah, been yeah, knocked yeah. out. Like, if you ain't been knocked out in the heavyweight division in fucking pro hockey, you ain't fighting the right guys. You're a fucking spot picker. Plain yeah. and simple. Plain and simple.